1: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com.
0: This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa DeMoore, author of two New York Times bestselling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen. A journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 68 How should Step Parents Fit In? Boy, we've gotten such incredible feedback about our divorce episode last month. I'm so glad we did that. I
2: mean, we really scratched the surface, Rena. You know, marriages and divorces and co-parenting are such complex things. But I was glad that we got into it.
0: And I also felt it was really valuable just talking about dealing with conflict with your spouse or partner and and how that can affect your kids. Yeah, Um, whether you're married or not. Yeah. We got so much feedback, people were even asking, I'm a stepparent, how do I help? And we just realized we've gotta do a follow-up on this, but dealing with stepparents, and this letter came in, Lisa, it says, hello, Lisa, I have two stepdaughters, eight and five. When their dad, my husband, and their mom split up three years ago, mom had full custody, but now we have full custody. They're with us during the week and with their mom during the weekend. Over the last year, their mom has been in and out, very inconsistent in all manners. When she was more consistent, the girls were well behaved. However, the past six months have been especially hard on the five year old. I feel like some of her emotions she's taking out on me as her stepmom. As a step parent, my husband wants me to play a parent role, especially since we have our own two year old son. But I'm having a hard time determining the role of a step parent, especially when it comes to discipline. What's your advice on a step parent role while maintaining a parent role with your biological child, especially? When you're with children and do most of the caring for the stepchildren, more so than their biological parents. Thank you. Boy, there's a lot in this letter. There is. And it's a really um,
2: complicated dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. There's an eight-year-old who's managing, well, it sounds like behaviorally, five-year-old who's having a hard time. Um, And then this mom also has a two-year-old who's her biological two-year-old. And it sounds like she's sort of um, front line on parenting and doing a lot of the hands-on parenting. And there's
0: a complex backstory. So I want to ask you first, should step parents discipline differently? The short answer is yes. And
2: one of the things that is a well-established principle in the world of, you know, family life and parenting and step-parenting is that ideally the proper role of the step-parent is sort of like friendly aunt or uncle. Hmm. You know that kind of invested adult who really cares about you but isn't making the rules, always enforcing the rules. You know, it's it's such a good metaphor. You know, because we can all picture the, you know, invested aunt or uncle like mm-hmm. I like you kid, I'm here to make your life better, I'm here to guide and support, but not necessarily taking lead on the harder parts of parenting. So under ideal conditions, you know, or easier conditions than these, that's the guidance. And, and what I'll say is that morphs over time. I actually was largely raised by a stepfather and my mom, and my folks divorced when I was three, and then my mom and stepfather married when I was six, And so I've had a very long, long, long relationship with my stepfather, who I just adore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember personally how it developed over time. You know, that that in the beginning, especially, aunt or uncle is a really good model. And then for a lot of kids and a lot of blended families, that fades and gives way to what feels much more like a traditional parenting relationship. Mm -hmm. But time is essential to that if you have it, though it's not clear
0: that this letter writer has it. Mm. And also in this, if you've got a biological parent who isn't parenting, or even if they are, if you're not on the same page, how do you deal with that? That's really tricky, right? And and you know, even as you read the letter, there's a,
2: a structural configuration in here that's hard, which is that the um, biological mother has the kids on the weekend, and the writer and her husband have the kids on the week, during the week. And, you know, there's all sorts of complexities about kids going back and forth and how that feels for them. But, you know, the weeks and the weekends feel different. You know, the mm-hmm. weeks, you're like, you got to go to bed. You got to mm-hmm. get your homework done. You got to brush your teeth. You got to, you know, stop messing around. And the weekends are looser and easier in family life. And so even the way this is structured besides the fact that we've got a step parent who's doing it sounds like a lot of the on the ground parenting even the the way this is structured in the week is going to make it hard again you know even if the biological mom were very consistent and very regular weekend parenting <laughs> looks different mm-hmm. from weekday parenting and the rules are different and so it's hard for kids to be moving between those two times a week. And then especially when those two times a week map onto different behavioral expectations, right? So we can see this from all sides, like that, you know, the kids may feel like, wow, it's kind of loose or lighter or, you know, maybe inconsistent over at mom's house on the weekends. And then we come back and here come the rules and that's not so fun. And Mm -hmm. then the person giving us the rules isn't our mom, you know, like, and, and yet you can also see where this step parent is feeling like, Am I going to let the five-year-old just, you know, have a hard time and, and not do anything to intervene? So it's one of those where the best way to walk up to it, and we'll, we'll really get down to business on, like, what this stepmom should do, is with, you know, as little finger-pointing as possible. Like, everybody in this is in a tricky spot. Hmm.
0: So what do you find? I mean obviously I'm sure every step parent wants to be loved and admired and get along well with these kids, but that's not always the case. How do you work towards that relationship?
2: Well, it's easy when things are going well, right? It's easy when kids are behaving. And you know, I get the sense from this letter writer that that's sometimes been the case and that it's gone well and and you know, this is not someone who's trying to overstep bounds. What gets really hard, and I think what you know prompted this letter is, okay, but what about when the five-year-old's out of line in front of me, and I'm the only one there? Mm-hmm. And she, she doesn't say this, but I also think about, and then I have my own two-year-old watching it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't, even if it's, like, ignorable, I can't really ignore it, because I'm trying to get my two-year-old to understand what it means to be a socialized human being. And it's not going to help the situation if the five-year-old is doing stuff that I would not allow the two-year-old to do. So, this to me feels like the um, the the crux of the matter. You know, the really delicate moment of I don't want to you know kind of parent this five year old in a way that feels heavy handed, but I also can't let this behavior go. And it sounds like her husband has basically said, "Go for it, please parent the kid." Yeah. So here's what I would um, I would suggest, and and it's not going to be perfect, but it, it may be um, you know a bit of a solution. The goal here is we're trying to keep the kids out of a loyalty conflict, out of a sense of, you're not my mom, you don't get to tell me what to do, and if I let you tell me what to do, I am acting as though you are my mom, which feels really bad inside because you're not my mom, and I don't want my mom to think somehow I'm putting someone else on her level or, you know, even... Worse, maybe taking her place. So that's the inner psychology that mm-hmm. we're trying to address. So, the way I would have this parent consider doing this is when she's with her partner, her husband, they maybe sit with the five year old, and the husband says, All right, Cookie, I'm not here all the time you know, your stepmom and I both care about you and I love you like crazy, your stepmom loves you too. She's gonna be the one who's sometimes helping you make good choices. And I have asked her to do that. I know she's not your mom, she knows she's not your mom, but she's the grown up who's here with you to keep you safe and help you make good choices. So when she's asking you to do that, it's my request. It's, it's coming from me, your dad, and she's here to help. But something to try to push away the loyalty conflict, to, to let the little girl know, like, this is, in some ways, proxy dad, mm-hmm. not stepmom
0: trying to be mom. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Rena? That's interesting. So you're having the biological parent lay that groundwork to be like, look, you like me, we need to make this work. This is my proxy. And here's why. And And do you find that Having that talk works with kids. I mean, because they're so emotional. The mom's even admitting this. Five-year-old, uh, the step mom is admitting this. Five-year-old is really emotional right now.
2: You know, I think it's, I think it's, it
0: does work. I think it can work. And I think the two things that are
2: built into that spiel from the father are first of all just laying it out and saying directly to the five-year-old, "She's not your mom, and she's not trying to be your mom," mm. and and that. That is what kids need to hear. Yes, and and Rena, like one of the, you know, when I think about like having practiced for a long time and what have I seen, like don't create a loyalty conflict for a kid and their parent. Like don't do it, right? So it would not, I think, often occur to a level-headed grown-up that telling a five-year-old to stop throwing their peas on the floor yeah. <laughs> is creating a loyalty conflict. Yeah, but. It can feel like that to the kid. And so the simple act of saying, look, I'm not your mom. I'm not trying to be your mom. But you and I both know you can't throw your peas on the floor is worth it because you take the loyalty conflict piece out of it and you just take it down to you and I both know that can't be happening. Mm -hmm. And so I'm asking you to stop. Mm -hmm. So the first part is you get the loyalty conflict out. And then the second part is this idea of, kiddo, it's about you making good choices. It's about this being a, you know, a reasonable and kind grown up who's going to help you make good choices that you can feel good about. So it stops being between the little girl and the stepmother and pushes a little bit more towards the little girl doing what she's going to feel good about for herself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that the, the stepmother is the proxy actor on behalf of the father to help the child make the yeah. good choices.
0: So it gets kind of convoluted kind of when we say it all that way. Yeah. But these are small adjustments that can actually go pretty far. We're going to pause. We're going to take a quick break. But Lisa, at the other side of this, I want to ask you about big mistakes that stepparents make in the beginning. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love OneSkin, they can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all women team of scientists. OneSkin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface, no irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code ASKLISA at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code ASKLISA. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age, that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa.
2: EarthBreeze sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors, while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and... Earthbreeze.com/slash/ask/Lisa.
0: Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. We were just talking about how do you fit in as a step parent, and Lisa, I want to ask you: What do you find over the years you've seen that are mistakes that step parents make in the beginning?
2: Hmm. I think it's actually erring too much in the direction of trying to be a parent. Or too much in the direction of not being an adult. <laughs> so mm. so actually, let's start with the not being an adult one. I think sometimes, you know, put in that place of, of you know, being a step parent and not wanting to create a loyalty conflict, not wanting to overstep one's bounds. There, are, I've watched step parents be entirely hands off with kids, you know, like not even aunt or uncle, you know, basically like, you know, just really, really trying to stand all the way back. And again, it's well-meaning, you know, it comes from a place of not wanting to muddle in, in a way that's unhelpful. But if I picture this five-year-old starting to really get into some behavior that is problematic, and if I picture, let's go back to the stepmother, if she does nothing or is um, very reserved and very removed and is like, wait till your father comes home, you know, or whatever. It feels really weird for kids. When they're doing things they know they're not supposed to do and an adult is standing there and witnessing it and not stepping in. And so I do think it's worth um, step-parents trying to develop a vocabulary and a system around saying, look, I know I'm not your mom, I know I'm not your dad, but Um, I'm a (laughs) grown-up and Mm -hmm. you and I both know that you can't be doing that and I'm here to help you make good choices and I'm here to keep you safe like a teacher would, right? I mean, kids Mm -hmm. are used to that idea. Like there's lots of grown-ups who tell kids what to do who are not trying to be their parents. So putting that framework around it I think can be important. And then at the other extreme is, you know, super well-meaning where the step-parents like, isn't this wonderful now you have two dads you know in addition to your mom who i married you know in heterosexual um you know configurations here you know you have two dads you've got your dad and now you've got me too right yeah there is really not a kid on the planet who's going to be like this is great i mean that will feel so uncomfortable for kids yeah. so uncomfortable for kids and again well-meaning but it just It just like steps in it from the loyalty stuff and feels terrible for the kid and also probably doesn't feel that good for the biological in this particular scenario, the biological dad. Like, can you imagine being in a divorce situation and having the other step parent? seem to be in competition for mm. your role. Like, that's that's going to take divorce, which is already so complicated and delicate, and not help the situation.
0: Yeah. I want to go back to this letter because, you know, the mom is writing and asking, uh, you know, the stepmom here is saying the five-year-old has emotional issues because the mom is just so inconsistent. What do you think is causing, is it the inconsistency that's causing her to be so emotional? It could be. It could be.
2: Um, it's really hard for kids when parents are inconsistent. And, You know, when you read the letter, there's something else. It's interesting that the um, visitation, it sounds like, Mm -hmm. changed a lot or flipped a lot. And um, the term full custody doesn't necessarily mean physical custody. There's like legal and physical. So it sounds like the girls still visit back and forth, but it sounds like they used to spend a lot more time with their mom and now are spending a lot more time with their dad. So... When I hear that, I'm like, okay, something happened here. You know, the, there's, been, there's a backstory here that we don't need to know, but this has not been entirely straightforward as far as the visitation goes. So there's complexities. And the letter writer has a lot of information about this and probably has a lot of feelings about it, yeah. right, about what's happened. And so then she's looking at this child who, if we go with the inferences that are in the letter, is feeling uncomfortable. And very likely, perhaps, feeling uncomfortable because that child's mom is struggling in her way. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we want to think through is how should the step-parent position herself with regard to the real or perceived shortcomings of the biological mother, right? Like, this is a really interesting question, Um. What do you think, Rena? Like, what would you like? What would your sense be of
0: if you were the step parent in this? What do you think the thoughts and feelings might be about that mom? First, my priority would be, especially if this is a Monday through Friday arrangement, you just want things to function well in your household, right? That's just priority number one for me. But if you've got this variable that's constantly changing and there's no consistency, I don't even know where to begin, you know? Like, I don't want to badmouth the parent, and the child is only five, right? There's yeah. still an elementary school, so you're- You kindergarten. Maybe the be kindergarten. kindergarten that, that's really young, yeah. Yeah. So I just am at such a loss. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin.
2: Okay. But, I mean, but what you said, like, it really does bring us to the reality, which is- mostly in family life you're trying to get through the day (laughs) so so you've got this um stepmom who's trying to get through the day and has let's just be clear three children under the age of eight on her hands Right. right I mean so she's got a lot going on or eight and under um so we picture the moment where maybe like it's the witching hour dinner time is being you know she's trying to get dinner on the table with or without help And the eight-year-old may be holding it together quite nicely. The two-year-old, you know, is a complete wild card in this Um, and is probably not being helpful at dinner time. And then you've got a five-year-old who could be helpful but isn't being helpful. And we can see where tempers might get very um, short and nerves might be frayed. And the five-year-old might be doing something that at the biological mom's house is okay, but in this home is not okay. And... If the step-parent were inclined to or sometimes felt coming out of their mouth words like, you do that with your mom, but you don't do it here, or, yeah. you you know, the, like, your mom, like, that's not okay what you're doing, you know, I, you know, and which implies, like, the thing you do at your mom's house is not okay, and it kind of feels like a criticism of the mom. If yeah. that were to happen, I would certainly understand it. Like, I, I would yeah. not think that that was a um, completely inexplicable outcome, but it may not be what we want. So one thing that can really help, there's, there's a couple ways to go at this. One thing that can really help is to first remember kids don't need their parents to be consistent with each other. So what I mean is in two home situations, kids do not need the same rules in both homes. And they don't need the same expectations oh. in both
0: homes. What? Really? They really but- don't. They really don't. But then aren't you setting yourself up because then the kids are like, okay, I can get away with this at this home and I can eat, watch video games and and eat ice cream in my underwear all day long.
2: (laughs) Well, and that is exactly how it often goes down in (laughs) in two home situations. Like, you know, there's the Disneyland home and then there's the business week home, you know? And so, so it is kind of, it's not great, you know, if the expectations are all over the map because it does create this sense of, you know... We get to be hogwild over there. Why can't we be hogwild here? And that's not ideal for kids. But what's really, really interesting is so long as the homes are pretty consistent internally, kids are good at switching gears. You know, And it's the same way. Like, they know how they're allowed to act at school and they know how they're allowed to act at home and they know how they're allowed to act at grandma's house and they know how they're allowed to act at the other grandma's house, right? Like, yeah. Kids are pretty good at moving across domains. And so that the other parent doesn't parent like these two like the stepmom and the mom don't parent in the same way is yes. not actually a giant problem huh. Huh. it's tough on the kids if the biological mom is not very consistent herself internally you know if, if sometimes there's rules sometimes there's not like that's tough but it's okay our kids can manage one house having one set of rules that's very different from how you do things at the other house. But the way to help them with this without making commentary on the Mm -hmm. other house Mm -hmm. is to say things like, let me show you how we do this here. Oh. Let me show you how we do this here. If you're wanting, you know, to get yourself a snack, let me show you how we do this here. Instead of rifling through the pantry and throwing it all on the floor, you can ask me and I will lay out the options, right? And so it obviously at some level, there's a bit of a commentary on the other family and how they do things. But it's a pretty clean way to say, like, let me remind you the context you're in. And let me just show you how you do this here. And the kid's trying to accomplish something, right? That's what we always have to remember about what we call, like, bad behavior. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: There's a goal. There's an aim. There's something they're trying to get done. And so if whoever the grown-up in charge is can try to figure out what the kid was trying to accomplish, oh, you want my attention? Let me show you how to do this here. All you have to do is come up, put your hand on my wrist. I know that you're going to want to interrupt what I was doing. And I am, you know, if I'm in a conversation with somebody and the second I'm free, I'm all yours. Like, you know, give them parameters for how we do it here. The question of the mother being inconsistent over that home,
0: that one belongs to the dad. Hmm. But what one, if the dad doesn't want to deal with it and it's stuck in your plate? Well, then that's, I think, a, a
2: Important and probably hard conversation between the stepmom and the dad. And this is the other place where step parents fit in. They can help with coaching and supporting the divorced parent. Hmm. And especially, Rena, like let's think about teenagers for a minute. Like these are younger kids, but, you know, teenagers and being you know, a parent who's parenting teenagers in a divorce situation, sometimes teenagers can be really spicy in that, you know, and be really difficult in that. And so um, the step-parent can want to step in and be like, do not speak to your father that way or whatever. It doesn't work very well. What does work better is you know, that the biological parent is on the front line, and then there's a huddle <laughs> where the biological <laughs> parent and the step parent can go debrief, like, I can't believe the kid just said that. And the step parent can say, like, yeah, I really hate watching that happen. Like, do you want to try this? Can I tell you I think you're great, even though your kid doesn't think you're so great right now? So the step parent can help with parenting in some ways by doing backup coaching and support for the biological parent. Like, that is actually a critical role. So I could see some pretty important conversations between this thoughtful stepmom and her husband about, like, okay, I'm a little worried about how things are going down at your ex's house. What do you know? Can we think this through together? Is there any way we can better support their mom so that she can be more consistent? Is there anything we can be doing to help the situation? To the degree that something needs to be said to the girls about it, it should be coming out of the dad's mouth. Mm -hmm okay, um, so it's it's helpful to think about the step parent being able to move around in these different roles and be supporting parenting all the while without necessarily doing super hands on this is coming from me, and you
0: know I'm gonna act like your parent right now mm. um. So well, I had never thought about the coaching first stuff. It's really interesting. As a role of a step parent, I do want to ask you though about teens and college students because I think the way you approach step parenting must be different in those years, no? Um, it can be. I think a lot of it comes down to is
2: how new is the marriage. Yeah. Because you know it happens sometimes, Rena, that people wait till their kids go off to college to right. split up, and yep. so that's a whole other ball of wax. But it can also happen that, um, you know, these are well-established marriages. And then a lot of it comes down to I mean, it's interesting thing about kids going off to college, you know, kind of picture that moment of everybody taking the kid to college, like who goes, how does that mm-hmm. look? You know, who's mm-hmm. putting the dresser together? You know, could toes <laughs> get stepped on? And, and I think it's so, um, it, it spins off in so many different directions, but I think it brings us. To a really good principle, right, that can apply at all ages, which is all the grownups want the same thing, mm. which is for the kids to thrive. Yeah. And all the grownups have assets that they can bring to that. And if we go back to what we talked about in the divorce episode of don't talk bad about the other adults Um, You can affirm realities that your kids are observing, but don't start it. And if we go back to that idea of cheering for the other adults and the important place they play in that young person's life, Mm -hmm. you kind of can't get it wrong. Mm
0: -hmm. There's a lot to think about, I mean, especially with blended families. What do you have for us, Lisa, for Parenting to Go? For Parenting to Go, I want to underscore
2: something that came up. Time is on your side. I think when people have gone through divorces and then remarriages, the wish for everything to start to look like the Brady Bunch, you know, with this blended family where everybody is having a blast and it's all kind of cute, I think it can feel like there's a wish to rush to that position or one can speed one's way to it. And in my experience... um, Being respectful and cautious and moving slowly sets things up quite nicely down the line. And that development is long, parenting is complicated. If a step-parenting relationship is underway, play the long game. Trust that over time, the relationships will be established and trust will be established. And you really can't um, speed it up. Time is your best
0: asset here patience it's a great reminder sometimes it's in short supply but play the long game Can play really the long pay game. Off. yeah next week join us for an encore episode lying sneaking cheating what keeps kids from being honest i'll see you next week lisa i'll see you next week rena thanks for joining us be sure to subscribe to the ask lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop see you next week our family has grown welcome to the world hannah baby introducing a new collection hannah soft made with Tencel. it's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments and it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round Entrusted Hannah Quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.